0: Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Staub.
1: All right, welcome to Legally Sound the Smart Business. This is Nasser Pasha. This is Matt Stahm. Like the NBA. <laughs> Matthew Staub. Well, welcome to our podcast. This is where we cover business in the news and, and also answer some of your business legal questions that you, the listener... Can submit to ask at legally sound smartbusiness.com.
2: Episode number forty two. It is forty two, yeah. The Jackie Robinson episode. <laughs>
1: I didn't see that movie yet.
2: I relay all numbers to players that wore the number for sports, so it's we're getting up to the numbers now where I've you know, we're running out of basketball, so it's got a maybe a little bit of baseball and then We'll cut into some football. Some, some football, then once we hit triple digits, it's pretty much over.
1: Yeah, there's no sports that go up that high that I can think of. Maybe golf, <laughs> or actually a marathons, you know? They have three-digit numbers a lot of times.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, if anyone knows any marathon numbers... Send them in. Yeah, they can send them to us, and we'll start using them. But I don't know any marathon runners. Well, I, there's the one guy from San Diego who just won the Boston Marathon. I forget. That's true.
1: But... I doubt if he got the same number every time. You don't. So yeah, you he may you don't. <laughs> yeah, if I ever run a marathon, which hopefully I will someday, I'm gonna request my number like and be really like dramatic about it. No, I'm this number every time. <laughs> yeah. I have to have lucky this. number. Yeah, it's a lucky number one on one.
2: So let's get to the story we have for today, and I can't remember. Have we talked about Snapchat before?
1: We may have. But I think most people have heard about it, at least. If you're the age of 13 to 15, you definitely have.
2: I actually use Snapchat. I'm <laughs> you're like 16,
1: yeah. right? You just, you just came out of that phase.
2: So I'd heard about it for a while, and then a couple of my friends talked me into doing it. I still kind of find it pretty pointless. but Me too. And I'll get into the reasoning why, but for those of you who haven't heard the most recent story... So let me step back a second, explain what Snapchat is. If you haven't heard of it, this is the way I see it. You take a picture or I guess video now as well, and you send it to one of your friends and you can put a, it's basically just a picture text message, but there's a time limit on it, one to 10 seconds, and then it disappears. Same with video. But the problem is, I guess that these photos and these videos weren't disappearing as they said, um, the whole point of Snapchat, this wasn't happening. And so they are also doing something with using customer information, too, which is a whole other issue. But so they basically said they were doing one thing. They were doing their main premise. They weren't living up to it. And the FTC came in. They got a pretty light ban here, 20-year internal audit. So what was handed down? And no fines. I'm so
1: surprised that they didn't have any fines, which the FTC, I mean, they have the power to do so. And I don't know why they went so light on this because I would be upset, right? I mean, you have the the whole idea of the Snapchat is that it's private right and usually if you're sending this is my assumption if you're sending a image or information that is only supposed to last a certain amount of time i assume it's not something you'd want to be shared <laughs> but i guess i don't know what else is the purpose right i don't know but i'd be upset for sure
2: that's what we're getting i was getting to is it's defeating the purpose of the app to begin with <laughs> exactly yeah yeah definitely i'm pretty surprised there's no fine I think the 20-year independent privacy audit, I guess, I think I said internal audit. I meant independent audit. That's a little bit funny because what are the odds that Snapchat's going to be around in 20 years? I mean, (laughs) pretty slim, right? (laughs) That's a
1: good point. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I assume also that, well, I would hope so at least that Snapchat has to pay for those audits and we're not paying for that. That would be silly. And those audits can be costly, especially when it's coming from the government. They're pretty thorough when they come in. But I wonder, you're right, in 20 years, are we going to be Snapchatting each other? I doubt that
2: very much so. Yeah, it's probably going to be something we don't even can't even think of right now. But one of the reasons I don't like Snapchat is the whole point is you send a picture and it disappears, but you can screenshot the picture. I and mean, so that defeats the purpose oh, yeah. of having it to begin with. So why... I just don't understand what the usage is for then. If someone really wants to, they can just screenshot it and they they have the picture saved. Yeah. And I'm interested too. Mark Cuban, he's involved in this new company called Cyberdust and it's Snapchat, but for text messages. I see. They kind of play up, and it's kind of weird how they go about it. They play up like, oh, you know, all the texts that you sent out the night before that you didn't want to send out, they're just all disappear. It's like you've never sent them. It's like, well, not really. <laughs> <That's> silly. <laughs> it's silly. I don't really understand this whole piece of the market. but And
1: especially text, it's like I send somebody, hey, meet me at 5 p.m. tonight, and then you look at it. Wait, what was it again? <laughs> What's the address that you sent
2: me? Yeah. I don't see the purpose. Hopefully they wouldn't send it like that. But, but <laughs> Snapchat was one of the companies, I think, when WhatsApp got bought out, I think if they were considering, Snapchat was one of the other competitor companies they were considering. So I think they were kind of hopeful for a big buyout that hasn't happened yet. I mean, I don't know how they're making money because the app was free and there's, no, there's oh, been really? no advertising on it that I've seen. So
1: I assume it's on its way down if it already hasn't passed that point. But, lesson to be learned the FTC, I think, is a very scary organization in the sense that if the FTC is getting involved in your business, you're doing something wrong because it takes a lot to get their attention. Yeah. In the sense that a mere small violation, even that, it's, I've very seldom seen the FTC really go after in that respect. But once you get their attention, then there's trouble there. And it's very simple. Snapchat didn't necessarily do anything wrong if they didn't put in their policies that yeah we're not going to be saving your information we're not going to be tracking you and basically putting all these privacy considerations and then violating them if they would have said okay we're going to spy on you we're going to save all your contacts from your iphone like it says it is and that's what it does then the FTC wouldn't have a care in the world because you did exactly what you said you would do. problem is once they have that policy and they violate it
2: right and that's the lesson that any business owner can take away from this story is <laughs> if you say you're gonna do something and you put it in your privacy policy, you have to do it. We shouldn't have to tell people that but yeah you should but obviously yeah
1: and, and it makes you think right because when you install these apps on your phones, unless you really pay attention to exactly what the privacy policies say, it could easily just read your emails if they want. I think so. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I know they can read your contacts, you know, who's in your phone. And what stops them from using those email addresses and sending them spam from you, you know? Right.
2: The spam from them wouldn't be bad because it would only show up for 10 seconds and then it would disappear.
1: <laughs> uh, that's great. I love that. Not intrusive spam, but just <laughs> in your face for 10 seconds at a would, time.
2: Wouldn't mind it. Let's get into the question of the day here. Question of the day. We should have some kind of intro like that. I'm not going to do we'll it. We'll work on no it. my god! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do I decide what salary to pay myself from a real estate firm in Dallas, Texas?
1: I would say a billion dollars a week. That's what I would do. It's not bad. That's what I pay myself.
2: <laughs> All right. Well, that's the episode. <laughs> <laughs> that's the answer.
1: Well, it's a good question to be serious for once. I know this is a Friday episode, so we're kind of light, but you have to pay yourself a salary. And I, What do you think? Do you, do you assume that this person's maybe going through an S-corp or yeah. something like that? It seems like that's what it's implying,
2: right? Right. They're going to most likely be an entity that's going to be one that they have to pay themselves a salary. So
1: unlike an LLC where right. it doesn't matter, it's all passed through anyway. So how would you break this down as far as whether or not, let's say that he's an agent and he's bringing in a profit of $300,000 a year. How does he decide how much to pay
2: himself? Well, I mean, the standards is, you know, have to pay yourself a reasonable compensation or a reasonable salary, whatever you call it. I would look at it in terms of what other people have been paid and what they've, not necessarily what they've gotten away with, but, you know, what's been held acceptable in other Comparables in the industry. Yeah. So your salary you're going to be paying more tax than something that might just be a, a distribution. So you want to keep your salary as low as possible if you're going to also get these other distributions from the company. Because it's two different ways that money's coming into you. I guess we're assuming this person's also one of the the shareholders of the company. If not, then it's a different story than just get paid as much as you want. Yeah, exactly.
1: It always bugged me like that word reasonable and you know, even when my accounts ask me, so, you know, how are we going to do this when it comes to salary goes? It's like, okay, well, what's reasonable? And then it's not an easy question to answer for sure. This is how I personally look at it, is that to avoid IRS scrutiny, the more you pay yourself, the better. Because obviously the incentive is to make your, like I think you mentioned, is to make your salary as low as possible so that you get a lower tax rate for the uh, equitable distribution. So I would start with a billion
2: dollars a week and then work <laughs> your way down. Yeah. I don't think they'd have a problem with that. And if you're making a billion dollars a week, then wouldn't it be the worst thing in the world, I suppose? It's a lot of taxes though. I don't know. I mean, how, how else can we answer this question? It's so subjective that it's really difficult to answer. There's no, we can't just say 40%. But Matt
1: was right in the beginning, right? You, you have to look at a number of things because You have to decide whether the IRS is going to decide that it's unreasonable. So you have to look at how many years of experience you have, your industry, your profession, your area. You said real estate, but assuming you're a real estate agent, a real estate agent in Dallas, not a real estate agent in Southern California. So those are some things to consider. Your tax professional is going to also have some guidance on this, but they're going to be reluctant to name a number as well, just because just as we are, because there's no hard, fast rule for it.
2: That's it right there. I mean, I think that's the
1: best we can really say without
2: any more specifics in the eight-word question that we got.
1: <laughs> I think they just said an eight-word question because they feel bad that you have to read the questions. That's fine. I'm all aboard of that. No, I personally like long questions, so I'll give a prize to whoever gives the longest question, and the prize will be that we answer it.
2: I'll give a prize to whoever can send the shortest question that's still answerable. Is this legal? Or I don't know what it would be. That's a hard one. That's actually a good challenge too, is
1: the shortest question that is still answerable. Business legal question. It's just one word,
2: legal question mark. <laughs> so
1: right now we're at 10, so it has to be less than 10. Yeah. Okay, guys, I think that's our Friday episode. Thanks for joining us this week and definitely keep tuning in and review our podcast.
2: Yeah, keep leaving those iTunes reviews. We have some good ones up there, so cool. we appreciate that.
1: Yeah, that helps us out quite a bit, actually. So keep on doing that. Thank you so much.
2: Yep. And as always, keep it sound and keep it smart.
0: This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasir Pasha and Matt Stobb. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound, Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney.